Hey, and welcome back to the uh, Dovecast. This is part two of the Claudia Rothschild interview. Um, <laughs> it's kind of noisy. I had to run a few filters uh, to knock out some of the background noise. Uh, it was actually kind of funny. There was like a family, like about two tables over. So, you know, as much as we were being noisy and talking, it was kind of funny the fact that nobody was really listening to what we were talking about. But that's one of the joys of New York. You know, you can do that sort of stuff. Um, anyway, this is the continuing saga episode, etc. conversation of everything from uh, soup to nuts with Claudia. Um, as I said before, you know, let me let me know if you like this stuff. Uh, send some feedback. Remember, the uh, email is uh, dove at washi-nawashi.com. If you're at the website, you've got that. Or just leave a note on the uh on the podcast page, if there's anything you like, uh, always looking for any kind of feedback and also anybody you'd like me to interview. So, uh, without, or even, you know, Hey, even topics, you know, um, actually I have one coming up, which uh, I'm working on an interview with, uh, uh, well, it's more of a discussion, uh, Murphy and, uh, gray about a little incident that had happened recently on FetLife. And, um, I think it'll be rather interesting, you know, a little bit about entitlement and delusional thinking of what came first, chicken or the egg, in regards to uh, rope and, uh, you know, being actually good with it and stuff like that. Anyway, without further ado, here's the uh, second episode. I hope you enjoy it, and um, here we go. Well, I remember when you were at, uh, the, you're at BR, when we had the entire Shabari Khan kid, kid front row at uh, Lou Rubin's class. Yeah. You know, and uh, Ava and Vincenzo ran off with Lou for most of the weekend. Right, right. But you did that suspension where you, you put yourself up in the air and then you were lifting, I think it was Vincenzo? Well, Bra- Ryan right. went first. I am right. willing, went first. Mm-hmm. And he, um, I rigged into him. I rigged my hip harness into his chest harness. And then I grabbed Vincenza's chest harness as we electronic winched up and right. then live tied her into me. <laughs> and actually that's, that's a good segue because I was saying that like people who are more interested in dynamic kinds of tying and who are sick of people fetching at them about perfect form this or right. whatever should look into <laughs> rescue harnessing sure. and rescue tying because that's where I got a lot of my... Like you know, the original inspiration is the aesthetics of the beautiful bondage. But yeah. then, really, like the 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 nuts and bolts for me really became about rescue harnesses or um, climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, people know to look for climbing, but the rescue harnesses are really if you want rough and tumble play right. worthy yeah, this, harnesses. This is entirely what you need. That's what you need. Yeah. And people who people who take the classes, like bondage classes, bondage 101, 102, that know that, they have a different kind of relationship to it. And they can often hit the ground running with a lot of this stuff and just add the aesthetic elements or the comfort elements. And I really think that that's, that's where I would urge people to look yeah. for that exact well, reason. One of the things I, I try pointing out in a lot of, whenever I do the Japanese bondage classes or any kind of stuff is, this is a style. Suspension and the dynamics of it, the the um, te- technology for it, right. is independent. You know sure. how you get somebody up. The physics are the same. The tricks are how are you making it look? You know sure. how are you creating your pulley systems? 
the aesthetics of the harnesses, etc. And when you get down to it, you know, uh, if you look at Japanese monitors, the, the primarily the only real uh, differences in, in harnesses are whether you're doing a technical, you know, you're doing a, a box tie, mm-hmm. and whether you're lifting the box tie from a side or you're from the back. Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's there there are, are other variations, but that's the prime. You know, that's like the meat yeah. and potatoes in that sense. I I might actually want to never have another box tie on me for like the rest of my life. Um, that's a running thread right now in uh, Pet Life, I think. Really? Yeah, no no more box tie. No more box ties, right, man? Jesus. Um, I just think like I'm so I'm so over the like the formal perfect bondage thing. Messy and perfect bondage is like totally the way to go. Well, what's funny is I remember when I first got on the scene, everyone was doing diamond harnesses. That was yeah, the thing. It was right. like, the Japanese uh, bondage class was, how do no we do a diamond harness? No more karata ever. No more karata, no more, no more hishi, yeah, exactly. No more tortoise, what was it, kiku, kiku body harness? Kiku. Well, it's called the kiku, but they, they, everyone uses that for the diamond and the actual hexagonal. Yeah. So it just you know catch all the he she is the diamond, but I just don't want any of it. It's like it, that's what got me started too. It's totally what got me started. I saw it and I was like, I want to do that. That mm-hmm. is fucking cool. Everyone sure. looks awesome. That makes me look awesome. Makes you look awesome. Let's do it. And that's totally why. Right. But it's like once you get there, you're there. Yeah, it's like not everything that glitters is gold. Sure. Look, I, I do a lot of speed tying, and I love juice yeah. and shoot right now. And my biggest thing with it though is. I, I don't like it looking, I mean, I'll make it neat, I'll make some of the lines neat, because it's just the way I tie naturally makes sure. things neat. But I like tails on my rope. So all of my, um, I'm doing uh, Matthew Walker knots, and there's like about maybe an inch of fluff, maybe two inches of fluff on the end. So anytime I do the uh, lark's head on and keep going with the rope, right. there's this little tuft sticking out. And I like that kind of rough, kind of looking, you know, right. style bondage. And what interests me more isn't the fancy pattern, but how open I can make something, how I can tie them up, how yeah, I can screen them and stuff, how I can make it useful, which if you go back to the Hojo stuff or you know the, the classic Japanese porn, they're not trying to make it look pretty, they're trying because they're raping the girl yeah, or, exactly. or pulling her down or, or humiliating or something like that. Being oh, obsessed with how the rope looks is like a stage in the development sure. of letting go, right. right? Like if you don't get to the point where you like let go and stop caring about it, you're focusing on the wrong thing. It's still about that body. It's still about that body. Even if it's not about fucking that body, it's about that body. Absolutely. It's right? So I, yeah. How do how do you how do you manipulate it? How do you make it look good for you? Yeah. For both of you? I relate it to like um, like occult or like magical practices mm-hmm. because yeah. people people you have to go through this phase of like falling in love with your own power, right? <laughs> Where you're like, yeah. I am Magi Warlock Supreme, winning <laughs> like Charlie Sheen. Um, oh God, you, you no! Do. You have no, to. No tiger's blood, please. Tiger's blood. The warlock levitates when he loves himself. Anyway, I love Charlie Sheen. Moving Sorry, on. I'm now getting um, nauseous. <laughs> I. I masturbate to two and a half men sometimes because he's hot. Um, anyway, so. Um, wow, that's just things it's true, I just did not it's want true. to know about. Tiger's blood is the best lube. Really? Okay. <laughs> so. Um, <sighs> anyway. Yeah, but you, it's it's a phase. It's a phase that you have to move on from the right. whole like falling in love with yourself, being in love with how beautiful everything is. And there's a difference though between um, messy. 
or yes. tails and not having control. Right? The reason why you want everything to lay perfectly is so that weight is distributed evenly and tension is even. Right. Like, that doesn't mean it looks perfect. Those things can happen with, without it looking perfect. And I think that's, again, get to the fucking, get to the pretty, get to the captive, get to the thing that you're trying to do. Even if the bondage is the thing that you're doing. Sure. Well, I forget his name, but there's one of the Japanese uh, Moscow's, you know, the Japanese gentleman who, who's uh, I never remember his name, but he's, uh, his entire time is messing. You know, his entire style is about Like Iraqi? Uh, I love him. No, no, not a, I mean, Iraqi is does a lot of messy, but this guy's tying is very messy. It's designed uh, to be messy. It's uh, a lot of rapping and all this other stuff. And I always forget his name. I love Iraqi, but that's a whole other story. Uh, but the point is, is that there is a style for that, and you also have to develop your own style. You know what works for you. What, what, what's the vision you see with the rope? Right. Like I said, it's that that you know kind of path thing. You know, your your magi, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, exactly. And, and that only comes once you, you get good enough with the rope where you're not thinking about tying. You just tie. You just tie. You just tie. Exactly. Uh, it's called the you are over yourself. <laughs> you are over yourself. Muscle memory. Uh, muscle. Right? Yeah. Utah did the. Um, it's the thing you actually know. Yes. Instead of a yeah. thing that you're doing. Right. You know, it's like when you look at riffing. Well, yeah. My the class I did in Utah, which is my uh, riffing with rope class, and that's really just it's doing time trials to get people to stop thinking and just tie. Yeah, you know, rope jazz. To, yeah, just move you get get you get your hands moving and get your brain disengaged. Totally, you know. totally. And like my rope yeah. dance class. Yeah. Yeah. There exactly. are, there are lots of ways to get through exactly. this. It's like automatic ecstatic ritual. That's mm-hmm. what it should be. Yeah. That's what sex is. Yeah, and it's also rep- it's repetitive, uh, simple patterns mm. leading that become more complex. The yeah. more simple you are, the more complex you are. Yeah? Definitely. Uh, getting getting students to understand that is always the biggest problem. I've always yeah. Because they're you know they're they say, I want to make it look like that, and I'm going well, it's simple. It's this, this, and this, and they go, well, where's the complexity? I'm like, that was the complexity. Right. People have the same relationship to yoga though, sure. right? It's like it's yeah. not about how it looks; it's about what it's doing to your body. Sure. But then you have you know some people who just make it look good. I mean. You know, uh, I've taken Claire uh, Claire Adams' uh, stretching class. Yeah, but she's also double jointed and like the most bendy person ever. Yes, I know. So like, well, I, I love when she does a class, and then there's a point where she goes, and now you know that quiet voice where goes, and now we do the we do this position, then we go to this position, and we go to this stretch. Now, if you can go for, if you can go to this, and then all of a sudden, you know, she does this impossible thing right. with her body and goes, but I'm not expecting you to do that. Right. <laughs> right. And you're like, uh. She's like, I also watch television like this. Yeah. With my chin resting on my own ass. Yeah. I love Claire. Oh, she's... But she is. Awesome. She's like the most unbelievably rubber mm-hmm. person ever. Yeah. I, 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 I know she... I think she's been very surprised when I've taken her class because I'm, I'm six one, uh, my age bracket. Um, <laughs> but I keep up. You know, I'm a little out of shape. I need to lose some pounds. But... Um, I'm very bendy. When I was a kid, I wanted to be an escape artist, actually. I was very interested yeah. in being a magician. So I used to do tons and tons of stretching. So, I mean, I, I can, I actually surprise people, I can do a reverse prayer, which is not easy to do yeah. for anybody, you know, unless you're, you're pre-bending. Uh, so it, it's funny when people look at me and they're like, or when I do takedowns in wrestling, people think of me as, this, you know, I'm very massive. And yet, boom, I just move and they're like, how did you do that? Can you do backhand reverse prayer? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you mean crossing the hand? 
Yeah, where it's, it's the back of the hand to the back of the hand instead of the palms together. As he struggles with this. Actually, uh, yeah, I can. Cool. Kind of, I can. Well, actually, I can cross my wrists. Yeah. So, yeah, I can do it. Yeah. Uh, it takes, like, a, a different kind of, like, elbow raise. I can't, I can't do the back-to-hand, but I can do, like, yeah. I can do this. Right. So, I can cross the wrist, which, yeah, crossing the wrist is, alone is, is enough of a, a, you know, pain in the ass for mm-hmm. me. But, yeah. Um, but, again, yeah, like I said, it's, it, it's not easy for me because I, I need a lot more stretching. So, anyway. Um, so, what, are, what else are you doing these days? I mean, other than you're not doing, uh, you're not doing very many events this year. Yeah. Um, I'm mostly not doing events this year, you know, changing it up, but also really to finish <laughs> my master's. Um, okay. I'm going to be completing my master's in museum studies. Um, I'm writing my thesis on... What? You're intelligent? What? I'm intelligent? Okay, just kidding. I'm writing my, um, my thesis <laughs> on uh, representations of sexuality and sexual identity in museums, and I'm focusing on the hide-and-seek exhibit that was at the National Portrait Gallery. Okay. Um, so that's sort of what I'm working on. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's... Um, what, what got you into that area, John? So I have, you know... We talked about how I'm an art person, but mm-hmm. um, so sometimes that looks like an artist, and sometimes that looks like a curator. Um, <laughs> and um, sometimes you feel like I know, no, really, really, um, it is. It's With sort of like a, I understand this. There's a dueling. There's a dueling mm-hmm. thing. Like, do I want to sort of guide the force, or do I want to make the thing that becomes guided? Right. Like, um, do I want to write? Do I want to make? And the answer is both. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I went through the museum studies thing because I wanted to be in New York, and this is a really good program, working with really famous people, mm-hmm. and um, like you do in art, like you do, and um, maybe I will, fingers crossed, get this position that I just applied for at the Brooklyn Museum, which is my favorite museum, and um, you know. I, I, I love when they stood up to Giuliani. Yeah, right. Exactly. Awesome. They have this history of like totally in your face, like iconoclasm mm-hmm. that I just love. Yeah, Brooklyn rocks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm a New Yorker. I can say this. Uh, it was interesting that when they, did, you remember the, uh, was it the, uh, not the freak out show? What was it called? Sensations. Sensations. Yeah, but they had the horse cut up and everything. What was interesting is they did a. Uh, there was another show about maybe six months, almost a year later, at the Museum of Natural History, where they did a thing on body modification. Really? It was actually pretty good. Uh, the early part of the oh, show... the tattoo show. Yes, it was the tattoo. Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't just tattoos. It was it's, tattoos, body... It was right. all about body modification. But I think it was called... It was called tattoo, I think it was. Yeah, it, it was something like... A taboo, tattoo and taboo or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And what was interesting about it was... I, I went to see it, and I was actually... I, I was blown away by it, because... Uh, first of all, I love the Museum of Natural History. They can be a little state, you know. And yeah, it was really out there for them, and I think they were very inspired by the Brooklyn Museum. And the early part of the exhibit was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, you start off, you know, they, they start off in the, uh, you, know, you know, Aborigine age, you know, stuff in the past. They had this one, one display, which actually, I couldn't stop laughing when, I, when this happened. It was a little box, uh, gla- uh, plexiglass with a Mayan head in it with all of the jewelry in place. And I'm standing there and I'm looking, I hear this tick, 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 tick. And I turn to my left and there's this uh, 
girl looks totally Peruvian, you know, from the from the from the area, with about half of the half of the piercings, wow. but not in gold. You know, all the you know, like the ear hoops. It was like you know, two thousand years in, in about one degree of arc. You know. Do you mean Inca? Inca, 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 right. Inca. Well, man, Inca, yeah. Inca, Peru, Peru exactly. Maya, Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it was it was just the element that you know modern to what was in the case. And there was some really amazing. They had a, a, a film that they had shot where they were interviewing um, Aboriginal people. Mm. Uh, one was the culture. I forget. Uh, it was the um, culture that uh, the black uh, country that. Um, Oh God! Uh, the Nazi film photographer, uh, Maya Angelou. It's not Nazi. Um, uh, she was married to a director who did M. Fritz Lang. Uh, she did Triumph of the Will. Uh, uh, Lenny Riefenstahl. Lenny Riefenstahl. That was it. Lenny Riefenstahl. She. One of her projects was shooting this uh, black culture in Africa. It was a uh, this one nation where they did body painting mm. and. Your your status, your age. You had different different types of patterns for every type of age, and your social status and everything. And they were gorgeous people, and she photographed them. Well, this made them open for tourism, and it basically destroyed the culture because here was this culture that was basically isolated. Suddenly, you have thousands of tourists going in because ooh, let's go look at the sexy black people, and you know this brought modern age to them now. They had an interview with the uh, one of the elders who was alive at that time, and in his own language, he's talking. They're translating, and it's you know, yes, we like Lenny. She was a nice person, but she really destroyed that country. And he's going on and on about it, describing wow. what happened, because the whole culture collapsed. And then they shot um, some kids doing the makeup for tourists, and they're talking to each other in their own language. And they're joking about the fact that one guy is like, oh, that's not a leopard pattern or whatever. He's like, yeah, the tourists won't know the difference because it's not, they're not doing it for themselves, they're doing it for the mice and the tourists. And there was another culture, I don't remember which one, but they have a, like a spirit hunt. It was another uh, ab- Aboriginal kind of group. And the chief of the village is talking about how he doesn't understand why his, his children are moving away. You know, they've moved away to the big city, but they're sending him photos, tourist photos, of his own spirit hut. It's like, why do they have to do that? Just come home. We have it here. You know, it's, and you're listening to these people who are very incredibly cultured within their culture. You know, they're, they're not savages in any way or form. And the end shot of this little film was a shot of one of the aboriginals uh, in his finery posing for a photographer and the camera moving over to the photographer who's this big fat European guy with a camera. And you're like, okay, who's the... Who's the uh, uh, savage here? Right, right. You know, the man who knows his home, or the, the asshole with the camera, and the rest of the—I mean, the rest of the thing was fantastic. And then you got to the end of it, which was right before the uh, right, right where they went to uh, tattoo and uh, mo- the, the modern primitive, you know. And they had a row of corsets, some photos, these wall-sized photos of people with some piercings, and nothing. It was like, and then you had the modern age, and then no explanation, no nothing. And it's like you know, you know when you look at uh, when you look at any curated work, there's always seems to be a pattern, there's a flow. You know, you can follow the thought process of whatever somebody's done, and you're following, you're following, following, and all of a sudden, there's this, and then nothing. And I'm like, this makes no sense. So I went out. I've noticed it a lot with things that have to do with contemporary Mm -hmm. body, body and contemporary. Right. It's like they don't. 
it's too close to home. They don't yes. want to explain it. They don't want you to think about it. They don't want it to threaten or scare you. It's right. too real. Like, but if you if you just aestheticize it, if you, if it's like over there as like an objet d'art, mm-hmm. like you don't have that relationship to your own body, so right. therefore it's not. It's scary. okay. It's cool. Well, this this is where it got interesting. I went out to the uh, uh, they had a little gifts gift shop set up outside, and they had one of the the people working there. I started talking to her about it. And it turned out that because of what happened with the uh, the uh, Brooklyn Museum's show, they didn't want to bring the fire of Giuliani. So mm-hmm. they, they whipped out... His decency commission. His decency commission. They whipped out from... And what they did was they, they basically... They based the exhibit... You know, they, they, they stay stuck with the original exhibits because, well, this is primitive, aboriginal. You can't argue it. It is science. The moment you start talking about us, that becomes, well, we're not them. So right, therefore, we haven't processed it we have, yet. It hasn't been thoroughly historicized. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So the, to, to basically remove any possibility for Giuliani to come in and go, oh, you're just trying, you're, you're pandering yeah. to our sensibilities to, you know, to be assholes. Uh, they basically gutted that one chunk, which was because you, you want. I mean, I'm looking through the entire show, and they were making links. There were links in it. You were following that if they that looked like they wanted to tie them up in the last portion. Yeah. And they didn't because they were basically trying to say, well, here's the here's the uh, Aboriginal, here's the uh, prehistoric, here's the so-called savage, right. and we are not that far away. This is us. Yeah, you know, modern primitive, but. Cut off. Now they actually had something else which was kind of a little fucked up, though. Now remember, it was this tattoo show, right? So one of the things they were selling outside of like you know things you could put on you know tattoos, semi was they had lamps that looked like skin with the logo tattooed on the skin. Really? And I just asked, and I said, "So have any Hasidim been through here? And when does the lawsuit start?" Yeah, it was. It was, and the, they were like, "Yeah, we know." It, it was like. Wow! Can wow. we? I'm amazed that I'm amazed that one little thing that this did not end up like on you know New York One or something. Wow! Like, uh, and you know that whole thing with Nazis and the the, the skin with the tattooed right, skin. Right, right. Yeah, the lampshades with skin. I, I but it was like wow. Somebody wasn't thinking when they ordered this. Dude, sucker. I want one of these. Where the hell are these things going? Shit! I should you know I should have actually bought some. They were unfortunately they were a little expensive. They were like about I'm they were sure. like about 40, 40, 50 bucks. Oh. Yeah, they were actually were expensive. Oh. But That's I, cheaper than I thought you were gonna say. Um, it was at the time it was a little more than I could afford. I, I wish I had sure. one because it would have been like wow. I mean, like right. yeah, because you like the thing that you need in your house is obviously like hundred like skin tattooed <laughs> lamps. But I mean, well, I do have this little SS fantasy. But anyway, well, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. come on, who yeah. doesn't, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, but this, I brought up because you know your whole background with what you you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's yeah it's interesting. I mean. I have an art background from growing up to Soho and everything, and it, it's—I it, always have fun talking about when we talk about you know art or curating or, in some ways, the bullshit of art. The bullshit. Of yeah. Art, of which there is more than enough. <laughs> Come back for seconds. You yeah. Know. You know, please bend over. The shit is. Yeah. It's all warm. It's fresh. Trust me. The, I um, had this great conversation. A friend of mine who does the uh, Berle- uh, uh, original sin is uh, the manager for it. Uh, his family is in the arts. You know, they they have a gallery and everything. He grew up in the same area I did, a bit younger. But he, uh, we were. He, was, he, he just did two art shows of uh, burlesque 
uh, photography. My, mm. my work was in it. Cool. And the first time we were putting it up, we were joking about it. And I said, well, you know, I, I grew up in galleries. And it's like, yeah, really? I said, here, watch. So I put up the, I put up the uh, photo. I walked over to one of the photos and I went, what we have here is the, the mise-en-scene of the, uh, the setting that the photographers created using the, the, the darkness and lightness of the imagery to create a façon of, of, of just, you know, this left bank feel of uh, Dadaism, Rive Gauche, sorry, you're right, Rive Gauche. Um, you know, I have to speak for the for the Americans because they don't understand French that <laughs> much. And, and just, I just went into this whole thing with it, and he's like, "Holy shit, you did grow up in galleries, you know?" Yeah. Because you know, I I love uh, was it art? Is it Art Beat magazine? The American Art is the big thick uh, art art forum. Art forum, yeah. I love reading art forum because you know you read this article and. Half the time you can't understand what the person is talking about because it's it's the self refer it's the my opinion of my own self referential opinion of self referential art of how self referential it is and you finally have to get to the last paragraph to realize he's talking about some artist right well it's it's the <laughs> the grand tradition of the prior hallowed texts yes right yeah yeah and if you haven't if you don't know what the hallowed texts are you're fucked right totally <laughs> it's like a completely esoteric in club yeah absolutely and, and this is art welcome to the art world. Yeah, in the at the center or the the previous center of it, right? Because mm -hmm. now everyone else Berlin, baby. Oh God, I want to go to Berlin. Oh my God, Berlin is where my heart will always be. I, like I know uh, the mill's coming to town supposedly sometime. I think. Really? I think so. Yeah. Oh, it's a meal. I gotta guess him another note. Yeah, well, I should follow up with him. Yeah, I've I've always wanted to go to Berlin. There was a point where I actually was looking into uh, buying a house there. Uh, some friends have told me how cheap things were there. God, it's so cheap. Oh my not God. As, for my sense, it's not as cheap now, but at the time it was like you could pick up. It, it, there's just it's no all cheaper. comparison. There's no comparison, <laughs> really. Because it's like, it's just not like, you could have like a 1,000 square foot apartment for 300 euros a month. I mean, it's just like ridiculous in the best part of town. Yeah, why are we in New York is what I gotta ask now. Wow. Well, yeah, it's New York. Gotta love it. New York is a good second to Berlin, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, at one point it was kind of its own Berlin. Well, they're so different. They're so different. Um, time period, J just in the sense of um, availability of art. Uh, Berlin is like Queens. So, <laughs> no, seriously. To okay. Look, the look of it. The look of it like is Queens. The, the era, it, like the L train, like the elevated trains, right. and like um, <laughs> just a, a kind of sort of like industrial, not industrial, like. I mean, East Berlin. I'm right. talking about East Berlin here because really, like, only tourists go to West Berlin unless they're talking about, like, vetting, <laughs> like, way out there in Potsdam or north up in vetting. But, like, it's Queens. It looks like Queens. It looks functions like Queens. Like Queens. So, Queens with, a, Queens with a German accent. Yeah, Achtung. Achtung. Ach Achtung there is baby. nothing to be scared of in, in Berlin. No Achtung. Yeah. I, it was funny. Uh, my parents actually went to a... Uh, uh, my parents had never been in Germany. Uh, okay. They were uh, visiting friends in Holland, and they finally decided they want to go see some see some museums. So they drove over into Germany. Mm -hmm. And my father was in World War Two, you know, etc. So yeah. And my mom's old enough for that too. So what happened was the, the moment they crossed the border, the hackles went off. They were they were really nervous. Right. But what was very funny is they, they ended up they didn't know that the museums close on certain days. So they get to the city they wanted to go, and the museums are all closed. Well, they, they, they do that here too, though. Yeah, but they didn't they. 
the, they were thinking of uh, American time frames not theirs like they'd open like half the day or something you know in, in New York it's like the museums are open for the day or they're closed you know mm, this was I like see. the museums closed at noon you know oh okay so anyway they ended up at a, uh, a Japanese restaurant and the sushi chef it turned out had been in the US and he loved Americans so suddenly everything on their bill disappeared. You know, they're, they're being treated. Yeah. What was funny though is uh, you couldn't stand the Germans because they were just too uptight about stuff. But what cracked it me up it's was a myth. well, yeah. Well, I mean, I should say Berliners. The Berliners it's, do it's, it's, not have this problem. Well, remember, okay, this is like New Yorkers are not, you know, are not right, a part right, of the right. rest of New York. You know, I mean, the rest I mean, of like America. The Bavarians are like stuffy uptight people, and like yeah. the Northerners just fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the joke is they they went to they went to uh, they had to meet the German uh, the Japanese Germans, you know. So the Axis babies. The, well, this 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 one guy. Right, know, right, right. Because it was like he he made their stay. Basically. Yeah, I, I do want to go. It's um, the party scene seems to be a lot of fun. The uh, you just gotta love the. Uh, I, I'm I'm really beginning to enjoy. Uh, what I see from there and understand it a lot better, mm-hmm. you know, just Europe and stuff like that. I mean, I was up in Canada recently, uh, last year, the year before, for uh, the fetish, uh, fetish weekend, which was amazing. Mm. Uh, I know that uh, New York fetish, you know, American fetish, fuck that shit. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they know. I'm really fetish. interested in Korea, Korea, right now. Okay, well, Korea is. I mean, I'm I've shutting up now. Been, well, talk to me. What, I've what? always been very excited about Korea okay. in terms of their art scene. It's like I it's just very every time I yeah. see something that I love uh-huh. in like an international, um, like for example, like Carnegie International, or sure, like sure. the any like Biennale sort of thing, is Korean. It's mm-hmm. like this is just the coolest, most innovative like use of space. Yeah. Um, but then you know you start seeing all of this sort of fashion that's very like fetish minded or sexual minded. It's also Korean. Yeah. And people like fixate on Japan, mm-hmm. right? And they miss the bountiful beauty that is Korea. And I have all these GI friends that come back from doing tours in, in, in Seoul, and they have all these stories to tell me about, like, these clubs where, like, everyone wears black, and they're mm-hmm. just being themselves. It just happens to look this way that we identify with this other thing. And it is. It's so vibrant. Yep. that It's like art, sex, fashion, Korean food. It's like it couldn't be better. Sure. That's what well, I want. I, I think that, I mean... I don't think it's just Korea. I mean, the I we do. T- well, Korea no, no, no. is like in my head. In, right in that now. sense, in that sense, I totally agree. I mean, I, I've uh, I know exactly what I'm about in terms of art. I remember when I had done uh, a couple of years ago when I did the uh, art window, the Iraqi window for uh, for Diesel Denim, and uh, like a year or two later, they had another a Korean artist who does some sort of uh, rope art where he basically creates these large rope objects and they were looking mm. to find, you know, where can we get lots and lots of rope so we can do this in our store? Right. And they con- of course, they contact the bondage guy. But, <laughs> uh, but irrespective of that, it's, it's, I think we over-focus on certain areas. It's like, you look at Europe, we think of Germany, we think of London, you know, in terms of fetish. Yet Belgium is, is for instance, a really hotbed. The uh, Netherlands. The Netherlands. Have you oh, seen those wasteland time. parties? Yeah, 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 yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, that actually is becoming more. Uh, I actually met Nachtshed, uh, Nachtshed, and uh, Spicy. They put, they're the ones who hosted the um, uh, the, uh, the Dutch uh, group uh, mm. uh, last year. Yeah, yeah. And 
uh, I mean, hilarious couple, really a lot of fun. Um, she uh, she's well, like a designer. Me well, and rope. Mm -hmm. uh, what is it? Rope marks. Rope, rope, rope marks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's all in Netherlands. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, she's, what I was going to say, she's a, uh, she does designs for, uh, uh, clothing designs, I think, for film. And uh, when I, I met them at Dio, and uh, her, her costume was, I mean, oh my God, mind-blowing. I mean, she's gorgeous yeah. to start with. But, uh, but yeah, the, the personality. And I, I grew up with friends from, you know, from Holland and stuff. So I, I know, it's a very interesting culture, very open, very, very open, this kind of stuff. But right. unless you, it, it, how to put it exactly, it, it's so almost taken for granted there in some ways. That, in the Netherlands, in a sense. Well, remember they're, they're, they have the red light district. Uh, I see. You know, it's, it's sort of like well, it's sex, like sex tourism, right? But it's, I'm not. I'm not just talking about sex tourism. It's it's, and then you'd look at sex in general, and it's taken almost as for granted that well, we do this, so it's not like stuck up on a wall somewhere. It just happens. You know, it's like right. You know, I mean, we of course we get together and do all this weird funky funky God, stuff. If only I wish that was the way it was treated here. It's not. I know. Uh, Germany has the visual thing, you know, it's known as because you had to kinky people, you know. And, you know. It's actually, I mean, it's harder to find in, Ger in Germany, actually. There's always I know, something it's, going it's the, on. But it's the impression. The impression. It's the impression. And, and remember, uh, Midori has always talked about, like, in Japan, for Japan, we have the cultural imperialism thing. You know, we, we look at the, what we want what we want to see in the, in, the, in the culture, and we appropriate cultural appropriation yeah, yeah. and we do the same thing I think for, for Germany we do the same thing for England mm -hmm. you know uh, the whole you know uh, you know schoolgirls in, in, in the little scots and uh, the canes etc and that's right. only one portion that, that's a small portion of England it's not all of England right know? so that it's is it's not even anywhere represented exactly exactly except it's, in that English vice versus but like right. England's is the same thing about France absolutely right. exactly I mean every, every culture does that to another culture right. you know I mean, uh, we it was love the Monty. insult that you would throw. Oh, mm -hmm. they're debauched, they're depraved, <laughs> sex maniacs. Exactly. Yeah, fucking French. Yeah. I mean. Well, that one happens to be right. Yeah. Well. I, Sorry, guys. The French. <laughs> I mean, but then you have things like, uh, okay, we we know Monty Python, but the English are like Monty who, you know, you know, Monty mm. Python is not their humor. Not as big. Not yeah. as big. Uh, and then, but then you look at the return to America. You know, it's like I just started watching the commercials for the next episodes of Doctor Who, which are going to be in the U.S. And I'm struck by the Americanisms they're 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 grabbing onto yeah. as English totally. that have nothing to do with America. You know, right? Uh, so it, you know, it, 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 you know, turnabout's fair play in that sense. And it's I'm always fascinated. Like I, I've always I'm a big fan. I've worked in film. I'm a huge movie fan. And I, I adore spaghetti westerns because here's an Italian interpretation of an America, you know, mm. that never existed. You right. know, it, and, and worse yet, it's a it's a, an American, it's an Italian interpretation of an American made-up illusion because that West, that Wild West, you know, uh, Buffalo Bill and all that, were were the penny, the penny uh, uh, weeklies which were made-up stories about the Wild West. Mm. So it's not even actually made-up stories about the real Wild West. It's made-up stories about the fake Wild West that was being made up to entice Americans to get interested in the West. Right. So, you know, and it's this double referential illusion of an illusion. Uh, uh, the director of, uh, was it uh, the guy who 
created these. See, that to me is what Plato logic would be like the reflection of a um, reflection, which no, is like his no, theory. No, no, no yeah, not I, more I understand, I understand what you're saying, Plato, but yeah, yeah. But the actual, like, Plato's cave, like, all things are a derivation of the heavenly thing that they resemble. Right. Mimesis, blah, blah, blah. Well, my Plato is, is just a joke on logic. No, no, I know. But, uh, what's his name? Um, great. Uh, I'm trying to remember the director who did the Spaghetti Western and so Fistful of Dollars. Oh, um, I don't know. I'm thinking and that's the actor. Um, but he also did uh, two interesting films called uh, Sergio Leone. That was it, Sergio Leone. Okay. Uh, Sergio Leone, Leone uh, basically created that entire genre. Mm. Now, what's interesting about it is he then also proceeded to make two very interesting films. His two last films, uh, one was Once Upon a Time in the West, where he has uh, Henry Fonda playing a villain. He mm. plays this evil bastard uh, killer. And it's this epic, you know, how the West was one kind of thing with this, you know, this icon of American cinema who's always the good man playing the evil bastard. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I think it's only, I think it's like his, his only evil bad guy role. But then he also did a film called um, Once Upon a Time in America, which is a film about the Jewish mob. Hmm. Uh, uh, Lucky Luciani and all that stuff. You know, the not the uh, uh, Luciani wasn't uh, Jewish, but the the Jewish mob in America. It's got uh, uh, a lot of famous actors from the time period. Like Abe Kahan. I don't know what you're uh, talking about. The Jewish mob. Uh, no, there were the. Vegas was built by the Jewish mob. It was not built by the Italians. Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. okay okay. Yeah. And they were the smart ones, and then the Italians came and killed them. But anyway, right. the whole point of this was, um, here's another film about another era, you know, the early, early New York. If you ever want to see a film about early New York, watch this film. And it's um, as sweeping as cowboy film. But again, it's another mytho mythologizing of this time period and these people and everything. But as only an immigrant could see it, you know, looking at America as the right, of gold, sure. and no American director could have done this. I mean, you look at The Godfather; it's like a great two great films to compare is The Godfather and Once Upon a Time in Once Upon a Time in America. Godfather is sort of like a telling of, you know, it, it's very Shakespearean. But Once Upon a Time in America is this mythologizing; it's just, it, it, it's raises it into this this nether, you know this otherworldliness mm. that um, you know Coppola just can't get you know he can only refer, refer to it but he just doesn't get there right you know? and it, it's interesting again that that appropriation of culture you know we've talked about the Japanese you know how we've appropriated Japanese bondage in that sense and, you know uh, the Japanese fanboy kind of thing I, I used to be in uh, uh, New York anime circles. And you'd always have that one guy who, you know, would tell us what the Japanese really meant about stuff, which was kind of silly. Right. But anyway, you got to get going. I got to get going. Uh, we'll do this again. Totally. Another time. It's kind of fun. You know, so my little conversations. I'll, I'll we'll, we'll talk about what goes on. So anyway, I'm going to do this a little quick, and this is another end of another dovecast. And uh, if you hear this, uh, there's a you know, just do a little quick housekeeping. Uh, is there anything you're, other than latex? You're doing latex at uh, Purple Passion. Purple Passion, custom orders. Custom orders and some Authorac stuff, but only for Purple Passion. And otherwise, you can see what I'm up to. Uh, it's Claudia on Twitter, K L A W D Y A, and then on Fat Life 
and then Claudia.com. Cool. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. And uh, I guess I, I won't be seeing you at any events for a while, so, which sounds like. Yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, trust me. I, <laughs> rope I, camp, August, I, ramble, ramble. Okay, we're going to be, yeah, we, we, we will both be at rope camp. Are you teaching? Or are you just I am. Okay, yeah, we, are kind of, bo- we are both teaching at rope camp. It's going to be a great time. Come on down. You're going to love it. Uh, yeah, I got to sell this because, you know, it's like, hey, I, I'm very It's a good event run by good people. It's the yeah. first time that they're doing this event, but it's run by people who do FSA. Beltane. And Beltane, exactly, Fires of Venus. So it's really, it's going to be great. Yeah, so come on down. Come on down and, uh, and have some fun. Who doesn't want a, like, kinky weekend in the woods oh, with just yeah. rope, you yeah. know? Come on. They're trees, people. You know, you ever want to type your favorite camp counselor? Now's the time right, to do right. it. Obstacle course, a lake. Yeah, there's there's a there's a pool, there's a lake, there's there's bunk cabins. beds, cabin, cabins. There's you there's know do whatever you want. There's grass, um, you know. There's two people pushing you to go to rope camp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go to rope camp. You want to go to rope camp? This is a subliminal message brought to you by. <laughs> right. Anyway, so we're just gonna sign off here. And uh, oh, you know what? You're gonna love this. Uh, I'm also doing uh, floating world. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, except Floating World happens the end of uh, July. Mm-hmm. Like, the end of. Uh, basically, I have one day between. The, it's like, uh, oh, Floating yeah. World ends on Monday. Tuesday, I have off. And then the first day of July. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, I have one day to get to Maryland. So it's kind of like, I'll be there with stinky clothing or something. Right. We'll figure something out. Have fun. Oh, God, no. I totally didn't, didn't realize I, I booked it that way. But anyway. Claudia, thank you, and we'll uh, we'll talk uh, we'll talk again soon. All so, right. Bye bye.